listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Today, I get to continue a conversation that we've been having as a church family over the past several weeks through a sermon series titled, Listening to God's Voice. And if your experience as a listener has been anything like my experience as a listener, you've been reminded, encouraged, challenged to be someone who pursues God's voice. This morning, I wanna share a couple things that have been helpful to me in my journey in becoming someone who listens and is learning to listen to God's voice. And, and those themes are the themes of contemplation and cultivation. Contemplation and cultivation. So we're gonna be discussing those two things this morning as we continue the series that we've been having for the past several weeks. And as we do, I wanna share a story with you about my childhood home. Some of you know that I grew up in the Big Island of Hawaii and my childhood home was four or five miles on the side of Mauna Kea, which is the largest mountain or is actually a dormant volcano on the Big Island, four or five miles up dirt road. You needed four wheel drive to get there. And if you had to use the bathroom, you had to go outside and use this thing called an outhouse. If you know what an outhouse is, or you've had an experience with an outhouse, let me know in the comments so I know I am not alone. Now, there weren't any uh, telephone lines or cell service or electrical lines running to the house. The house is powered with a generator and solar power. Some of us might call a place like this, the sticks. This place was the sticks in the most truest sense of the word. I remember that we had to drive down that five mile long road in order to go to the general store if we wanted to make a phone call. And the clerk at the general store would actually take down notes for our family. If people wanted to get in touch with us, they had to call this store, they had to wait for us to go to that store, and they had to wait for that clerk to hand us that note in order for us to receive whatever phone message they were trying to deliver. Now, before you think I'm 1,000 years old, I don't think that was a normal experience of a child growing up in the late 80s and in the 90s. So I don't think that was the normal experience for a child growing up in the late 80s or the 90s. But without a TV or a computer growing up, I got to spend a lot of time outside and it was quiet. Now, not the type of quiet if you're outside here in our backyard in Williston with the occasional F-35 flying overhead or the neighbors walking or driving by or construction taking place in the distance. This type of quiet was quiet. And there's something you realize when you're in that type of quiet long enough is you realize pretty quickly actually, that the quiet is in fact not silent. You start to notice the wind moving leaves and branches, and, and you hear birds singing and bugs buzzing by. And if you remain in that quiet long enough, you might even hear the wind moving blades of grass. To me, 
This is a picture of contemplation, remaining in the quiet long enough to realize that it's not actually silent. Contemplation is the spiritual practice of learning to remain in the quiet long enough until you realize that God is in fact not silent. Contemplation is not concentrating as hard as you can or trying as hard as you can to hear God's voice. Contemplation is remaining in the quiet long enough until you realize that God is actually speaking to you. The same way that you notice the wind moving the leaves and branches and even blades of grass, hearing the tiny beating of a tiny bug's wings as it passes by you. And, and if you're anything like me right now, you're desperate to hear God's voice in that way. You're desperate to hear God speak a word of peace to you in a quiet moment of contemplation. You're desperate to hear the voice of God, which speaks calm to an anxious heart. Leave a comment if you're desperate to hear God's voice. If you're anything like me, you are. But here's the thing. If you're anything like me, contemplation can be a spiritual practice that's really difficult to engage. Contemplation is a way of, of, of praying it, that can be uncomfortable. Often, when we're most acutely aware of our desire to hear from God, it's because we're in a chaotic moment or some sort of tumult or there's an obstacle or a suffering or a trial or something we're going through that makes us realize of our desire and need to hear from the voice of God. And when that's where we are, the quiet is hard to face, the quiet is hard to face. I learned this in the sticks. I learned this in the sticks. When it's dark out and you are quiet long enough, you start to realize that things actually aren't silent. You can hear the wind rustling leaves and twigs and branches, but it's not quite as comforting as it is in the daytime, is it? In the dark, it's different. I actually remember running from neighbors' houses. Yes, there were neighbors in the sticks, but they were very far away. And I remember running home from neighbors' houses as it got dark. And I remember picking up stones, one in each hand, as large as I could grab and carry. And I was picking up these stones because I would, was ready to throw them at a wild animal who surely would jump out me, jump out at me at any point on my r run, not walk, back home. I couldn't wait to get out of the darkness because it wasn't silent. That's precisely the reason I wanted to get out of it. And so every rustling leaf or branch or twig was an 800 pound wild boar. We didn't have very many dangerous animals to worry about in Hawaii ready to impale me with its tusks. And so I had my stones and I couldn't wait to get out of the quiet that actually wasn't so silent. If you have a hard time listening to God's voice or you aren't even sure if God is speaking, I want you to know that's okay and normal. It can be frustrating and confusing and terrifying 
process learning to listen to God's voice. But here's the thing, it's worth it. It's worth it to remain in the quiet long enough to realize that God actually isn't silent. Now, a good first step to take for us might be to pay attention to anything that's getting in the way of contemplation. And so is it busyness or noise or Netflix? How many of you can relate to that? Anything that keeps us distracted and moving in order to avoid the quiet. Perhaps this is rooted in a deep fear that the quiet is, in fact, silent, that God is not speaking. Start there by recognizing that fear. Name it. Articulate that. And sit in that quiet. And perhaps you'll find that the quiet is, in fact, not silent. Or is it the chaos of the darkness? Perhaps we're more driven by our circumstances, by our anxieties and our worries than we thought. Do we run from the not-so-silent quiet because our anxieties transform rustling leaves into wild beasts? In our worry, do we cry out to God for help, but we're running from the quiet, the very place that he's speaking, not remaining in it? Are we so anxious that the quiet becomes a terrifying place, not the place where we are to hear the comforting voice of God? If you're the self-diagnose right now, which is it? Is it busyness? Is it noise? Is it distraction? Or is it tumult and anxiety that moves us to run from the quiet? Or maybe you're like me and sometimes it's both, right? And if you're feeling bold and, and transparent, you're welcome to let us know which it is for you in the comments. I wish I could give you a formula right now, but I can't. But God does give the promise of his Holy Spirit, his spirit to those who follow Jesus. And this is something I've experienced. This is something I experience. And I believe it's possible for you as well. And so I want to move from contemplation to cultivation. I remember a particularly tumultuous season of my adolescence. I was experiencing a lot of hopelessness and I was experiencing a longing for wholeness, to be made whole. I don't know if there was a single word that described that particular season of my life, but broken surely would have been one of the words that described that time in my life. I, re I remember pondering whether there was a God who loved me or, he or even a God who existed at all. And I remember praying though I didn't know it was praying at the time for God to reveal who he was to me, to speak. But I was asking for a, a miraculous sign, like a beam of light through the clouds or a voice coming from a bullhorn in the heavens. And it never happened. And weeks or perhaps even a few months actually, deep in this particular season of my life, I was invited to pray a prayer inviting God's spirit to change me, to pray a prayer professing faith in Jesus, a prayer that declared Jesus as Lord 
and Savior. And I experienced God changing me in that moment. In my experience, this reveals to me a deep truth about what it means to listen to God's voice. And it's this, that God wants to speak to us more than we want to hear from him. God wants to speak to us more than we give time to listen to him. Here's the thing. There was nothing magical about my prayer. My experience in that day, I believe, has everything to do with God's desire to reveal himself, his love, his grace, and peace to me and to you. I don't know why God doesn't speak from a cosmic bullhorn from the heavens, but maybe it's because he desires relationship with us. And if we're being honest with ourselves, we don't really want that a lot of the time. The God we want is kind of like a cosmic sugar daddy. We want to listen only when we think that that God has what we want. And when that's the case, our prayers are more like Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I want it now, and I want more, right? First thing, after that prayer that I prayed, inviting God's Spirit to change me, and I believe he began to change me from the inside out, I remember a night not long after opening the Bible. The Bible was a book I knew nothing about. For example, I didn't know that the Bible was not actually a book, but it was a collection of books, a collection of writings, a mini library a collection of books that we believe here at Church of the Well is the word of God to his people. And I remember flipping through the Bible and I made my way to the book of Romans. And I'd like to share a portion of Romans that I read that night that just floored me. And I'm gonna share them in the message translation with you. This is a slightly longer passage, so get comfy, wait. We're doing church at home. Y'all are already comfy and in your pajamas. So we're good to go. I'm gonna start reading in verse nine. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself when God lives and breathes in you and he does as surely as he did in Jesus you are delivered from that dead life with his spirit living in you your body will be alive as Christ's so don't you see that you don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent there's nothing in it for us nothing at all The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do 
places to go. This resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. Can I get an amen? It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us in unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. Can I get an amen, church? Some living room amens? Here's the thing. If I had read that portion of scripture prior to my prayer inviting God's spirit into my life, I'm not sure it would have impacted me at all. Maybe those words would have, but I don't think so. But as I read those words that night, I was, I was sitting on a porch and there was an incredible thunderstorm that was going on and I sensed God speaking to me those words. Words like, when God lives and breathes in you and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. And words like, God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. To me, this was the beginning of cultivating a life of learning to listen to the voice of God, cultivating. And there's a story in scripture of a boy named Samuel and his ex first experience learning to listen to God's voice. And I just want to share this story with you because I think we can learn something about cultivation and actually a little bit about contemplation as well in this passage. And I'm going to start reading in chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, and Eli was a priest. He was the high priest, actually. His eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see. How many of you know what that's like around? Parents start feeling that feeling around like 8 p.m. He was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Go back to bed, Samuel. So, the Ian version. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I imagine there's a lot of frustration, unless these two were very patient people. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. 
And the Lord said to Samuel. Now, I love this story. This boy, Samuel, he actually became one of the most famous prophets in the Old Testament. And a prophet is someone you could think of their job description being one who has learned to listen to the voice of God. I love this story because, well, I love it for a few reasons, but I love it because it normalizes an experience that's familiar to a lot of us, not being able to recognize the voice of God. Eli, he's supposed to be the professional, right? He's the priest in the story. He doesn't even realize that God is speaking at first. And so it's a story that's normalizing the experience of not being able to recognize God's voice. I hate to break it to you, but this is normal for pastors as well. I'm sorry to burst your bubble on that one. The experience of having a hard time, a difficult time, being in a place where you're not able to recognize God's voice. That's an experience that's normal. And so I love that story because it normalizes that. But the story also highlights that we can cultivate a life that learns to recognize the voice of God. You see, there's even like almost this type of contemplation taking place in that Samuel's lying down, right? He's remaining in the quiet. And here's the thing about cultivation. There's a process to cultivation. If I were to turn the camera, which I won't because I don't want to mess up the video, you'll see in our dining room over here, there's a bunch of starts that were growing for our garden. And we had to bury seeds in dirt and wait. And now the seeds are beginning to sprout. And so we're just waiting for it to get warmer right now. And as it gets warmer, we're going to slowly acclimate those starts outside, bring them on to the porch in the back. And we'll leave them out there for a few hours at a time until they're strong enough, until it's warm enough that we can plant them in the garden. And when it is, we'll plant them in the garden and we'll tend the garden, we'll weed it, we'll water it, and then we'll wait and then we'll wait some more, and then we'll wait some more, and then we'll fertilize them, and we'll weed some more. But then the plants will bear fruit. They'll bear fruit that's nutritious and delicious. There's nothing like a freshly grown in-season Vermont heirloom tomato. I know I can get a few living room, bedroom, kitchen amens for that. The fruit, they, it brings joy and sustenance and fulfillment after all of that cultivation, after all of that working and waiting. Now, normally this is the part of the sermon where you get some really practical ways to apply the morning's topic. That can be super helpful and super important. And Adam and Abby provided some really great practical tips over the past few weeks of different ways you can cultivate a life that is ever learning to listen to God's voice. And I want to encourage you to listen and re-listen to those sermons. But I want to wrap up this morning with a simple encouragement and invitation. In John 10, Jesus said, My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. When I sat on that porch reading Romans 8, I didn't know anything about contemplative prayer 
or what it meant to cultivate a life of prayer, but I knew something that I hadn't before, the love of God for me, the love of Jesus for me, the spirit of God at work in my life. And here's the thing, cultivation and contemplation, they start there. Remember, when you remain in the quiet long enough, you realize that things actually aren't silent. And remember the different kind of experience, experiencing that same kind of quiet in the day versus that kind of quiet at night? Here's the thing. When you've heard the voice of Jesus speak peace and comfort and grace and salvation and mercy to you, that will forever transform the way that you experience and see the world. You can slow down and stop running, even in the dark, even in the tumult, and you may even notice God speaking a word of peace to your anxious heart. I wonder what I might have contemplated that night, the night of the thunderstorm uh, on the porch, had I not prayed that prayer days before, I probably would not have been reading a Bible. Would I have been contemplating my brokenness? Would I have been contemplating my hopelessness? Would I have felt anxiety about my life as I looked out at the lightning and listened to the thunder? Instead, I heard and listened to the voice of God speak peace to me because I had heard that voice before. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them. And that began the process of cultivation in my life. I was in a buried in the dirt season of cultivation and it was messy and it was hard and it was life-giving and exhilarating all at the same time. And sometimes I feel like new life is springing up and sometimes I feel like I'm growing and I'm starting to learn how to listen to the voice of God and sometimes it feels like I'm just waiting and then waiting some more and then waiting some more and and sometimes I experience the sweet fruit of a life that has been well cultivated and then at other times I feel like I'm being buried in the dirt all over again how many of you have ever felt that way have experienced that cycle this morning, I'd like to close in prayer, but I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And I'm, so, I'm going to share these words on the screen with you and invite you to pray these out loud in your living room, bedroom, kitchen, wherever you might be this morning. So let's pray together, church. God, we open our hearts to you. We confess that Jesus is Lord. We invite you to be Lord of our lives. We confess that we don't always hear your voice. We ask that you would still our hearts as you invite us and strengthen us to remain in the quiet. And as we remain in the quiet, we ask that we would learn to listen to your voice, your voice that speaks grace and peace, your voice that speaks salvation. We pray and ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us for worship today. I encourage you 
to stand up and sing if you're able to and comfortable enough to do so. Our family's been continuing to stand for worship in our living rooms. And so would you join us with one last song today? And then Abby's gonna close us with a benediction. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. 